everybody, thanks for tuning in and welcome or welcome back to another episode of Nightmare Now, the show where we hunt down horrors and harrowing historical happenings hailing from the Himalayas, the Holocene, and in this here helping, Haunted Hawaii. My name is Eric Byrne and I'm the horrible host here to bring you a heaping horde of awesome stories from the 50th state in the Union all alone in the Pacific. I hope everyone is doing well today when you listen to this, and when you're not listening to this. I'm having a pretty busy week, but what else is new there? You don't really want to hear about that. Big congratulations to my good friends Dan and Asia on their wedding. That was a blast. I don't know if I brought that up last episode, but if I did, you get to. (laughs) And looking forward, a huge early congratulations to my other friends Maddie and Caleb on theirs this coming weekend. We're super excited. Kitty Cat is good, he needs his nails clipped, but we're hanging in there, and we're glad to have you here with us today. The idea for this episode actually comes from one of my friends on Twitter. I got... I, I actually don't know if it's a guy or a girl. A person going by Koa Anue Nui? Nui Nui? I'm not really sure. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, and I will continue to do so throughout the show, just by virtue of being a white guy trying to figure out how to stay, how to say stuff in Hawaiian. I better learn quick, though, because we're booking a trip out there after the wedding, and I'm trying to be at least the second most ignorant person there. As long as I'm not the biggest asshole, I'm happy with that. So, anyway, they reached out, and I asked if they had anything cool they wanted me to cover, and they provided me with a couple of links on a phenomenon that is both uniquely Hawaiian, but also has ties to high strangeness of all stripes the world over. That is, of course, the Night Marchers. Or as they are known in Hawaiian, the Hawaii... Uh, sorry. Huakai... Ipo. Huakai Ipo. I I think that's right. Again, if I mess up all these words, at least I tried. Which is more than can be said for a lot of the haunted Hawaii clickbait articles I parsed through over the (laughs) course of this week. So cut me some slack, will ya? What do the night marchers do exactly? What makes them interesting? You might be asking. Well, they certainly don't run in daylight. (laughs) That's dumb. The Night Marchers, as the name suggests, are spirits that march at night. Not a very imaginative title, but hey, it's it's a translation. Folks are always saying, look at them marching at night. Nobody's asking why or how. More interesting by far are those latter two descriptors. So let's start with what they are, and then we'll move on to the why and how. So here's the scenario I'm going to pitch to you. You've just got done with a long day of surfing. Okay, maybe that's a stereotype, but whatever. Most of my cultural knowledge of Hawaii comes from Surf's Up, Moana, and like Elvis and Blue Hawaii. Plus a bunch of random Pearl Harbor trivia. Did you guys know that Hawaii wasn't actually a state until 1959? And that was actually like 20 years after they got attacked at Pearl Harbor? So they were still just a U.S. territory at that point. It's kind of interesting. I always just assumed they were a state until I learned that. It's kind of neat. But oh man, do I have some cool World War II content coming down the pipe for you guys. 
you've got all kinds of crazy shit. You've got obviously all kinds of stuff with the Nazis and the occult. You have Unit 731. You have wartime UFOs. You have all kinds of crazy shit going on. I feel like when you're 30, Lawrence Fishburne shows up in sunglasses with two pills and is just like, do you take the red pill or the blue pill? And the red... (laughs) It's been a long time since I've seen The Matrix. That doesn't sound like Lawrence Fishburne at all. Whatever. (laughs) The red pill is World War II history and blue is just like, I I don't know, model trains or something. (laughs) Those are your options for a personality quirk. When you, when you turn 30. And before you ask, taking both pills and building World War II model train stations, that's generally not a good option in polite society. I'm pretty sure that puts you on some kind of watch list. I'm, I'm not really sure what kind of pill leads you to a podcast, but here we are. Anyway, model trains aside, you're done surfing. <laughs> and you hit your tent for the night to get some shut-eye. And off in the distance, in the jungle, you hear some chanting and the faint sound of drums growing ever closer. This is where I'd put sound effects (laughs) if I wasn't recording this Thursday night. You look up to see a brilliantly illuminated full moon and turn your gaze back to the island paradise you've set up camp on. A dense fog rolls in and obscures much of the far-off road. In the distance, you see a faint bobbing light, getting closer, and then another, and another behind that one, and maybe ten, twenty more, their torches, and out of the gloom, figures begin to emerge, a scent of death, decay, and fresh blood lingers in the air, floating just off the ground. They would march quite literally through the jungle and and anything else for that matter. Cars, houses, trees, stone. Uh, nothing physical could really halt their procession. Actually, that's not entirely true. Hawaiian lore says that they don't like the tea plant. Apparently, that shit is like a citronella candle to these guys. They hate it like uh, mosquitoes hate that stuff and vampires hate garlic. So they will keep going through your condo association. But if your apartment has a tea plant in it, they'll just kind of take a sharp 90 degree turn. This whole battalion of ancient ghosts just kind of will veer off course and loop around. And they'll probably scare the fuck out of old Tito in the apartment next door. But as the ghostly entourage comes closer, you see their rippling, bronzed muscles. Some of the articles I looked at with this were pretty damn horny. 6'4", rippling abs, traditional tattoos. I thought I stumbled into some erotica by accident for a minute there. They carry torches, spears, and other traditional weapons, and generally take no notice of the living. The chants continue past your tent, and you shrink back behind the tent flap, crouching further away, fearing the ethereal battalion passing by your campsite. It grows cool, and your fire goes out as they approach. 
continuing to chant all the while. A figure comes into view and into your focus, apparently escorted by the entourage. Legends say it could be a god, or the spirit of an old Hawaiian king, or perhaps some great warrior, or even in some cases, a newly deceased native Hawaiian of noble ancestry. So these guys will kind of walk a bunch of stuff through the ethereal plane. As he appears, you see his elaborate headgear and mask turn in your direction. Some primal instinct awakens within you and drives your gaze downward. Good thing, too. You're not sure why, but when you later look into the legend, or listen to Nightmare Now and leave a five-star review, you learn that the old stories talk about ancient traditions where warriors would escort their king or nobles or what have you into an area with drums and chants and blasts from a conch. Yeah, I think I'm going to go conch shell instead of conch shell. Although I see why they do conch shell, because it, it's, it doesn't create a tongue twister with conch shell. I had to re-record that line like four times. Whatever. And if you made eye contact with the king or tribal leader or whoever was the subject of this ghoulish parade, it was a great disrespect. A disrespect met with dire punishment. Making eye contact as a commoner meant the warriors would execute you right there. Seems a little brutal, doesn't it? Or, in the case of the night marchers much later, so obviously that's referring to the real ancient Hawaiians that used to escort people around and not the ghost phenomena, which we're talking about now. In the case of the night marchers much later, you might just have a death curse placed on you. It's kind of unclear if the ghosts straight up, you know, take a sword and cut your head off right there, or if they just put a curse on you and you get hit by a car first thing in the morning the next day. Nothing really seems to describe exactly how making eye contact with the patron of this crowd leads to death directly. So if anybody knows, let, <laughs> let me know. But I guess if anybody knows, they're dead. Hmm. Either way, you are smart enough to avert your eyes this time. The procession continues past you without further incident. Although, one of their feet seems to go through the wall of your tent. They can pass through solid objects, remember? The drums fade off into the distance. You've survived you're changed by the experience. You finally get the courage to look outside of your tent, and you see a trail of large, glowing footprints fading in the direction of the torches, now ascending a mountain, but without any trail or road or pathway, just floating through the jungle. Hawaiians and people coming to the island have reported this phenomena as early as 1883. There wasn't really a written language on the island before that, according to a couple of the sources I read. I don't know if that's actually true. But the stories were passed down long before that in purely oral traditions. So I guess that kind of covers most of the why. Spirits of ancient warriors escorting gods, kings, or nobles around to where they need to be. 
Reminds me of a service project my fraternity used to do where you could call a number and one of our fat nerds would walk you home from a party so you didn't have to drive or go home alone. They probably would have had a lot more luck with that if we all looked like The Rock. But whatever, that was before my time. As for how, I kind of misspoke and yet also sort of covered that they float through stuff and where they come and go and when that happens. The night marchers march at night. As for what you should do, though, if you smell the decay, hear the chanting and drums, and worse yet, see the bobbing of torches and muscular, tan, glistening man meat, what you need to do, and this may save my life when I'm over there, and it might save your life too someday, so I'll say it twice. Definitely not procrastinating and running out the clock. When you become aware of the night marchers, they say to throw yourself face down in the dirt, and I quote, project an aura of submission and respect, unquote. That's right, face down in the dirt and be submissive to the hulking pillars of muscly chiseled ancient warrior spirits. You know what? On second thought, you better make damn sure that it's actually night marchers. Otherwise, that seems like a good way to get robbed or sexually assaulted or something. It's one of those phenomena that you need to call an audible and do it live. If, if it's ghosts, I guess, just bend over. That's your, that's your best shot. But if it's an army of crackheads or, I, I don't know, camp counselors trying to scare you or something. Do literally anything else. (laughs) Speaking of camp counselors, I actually was looking into actual reports of this phenomena beyond just tourist, what's scary in Hawaii sites. And I found this pretty cool internet thread where they were talking about how their father had seen the torches going through the jungle or one of them had been out camping and they heard the crunching of the feet through the gravel, along with the chanting and drums. And so there's, there's like eyewitness accounts. I mean, I can't really assess the veracity or validity of those claims, but it's, it's more than just tourist trap bullshit, it seems like. And I I don't really have much of an outline for this part, but I kind of want to spitball some thoughts on all this lore and how it ties into the paranormal, and maybe spirituality is not really the right word, but spirituality as a whole. If Nightmare Now is your first foray into the world of the scary, crazy, unexplained, or weird, then welcome. Again, it's great to have you. But for those of you looking for just another paranormal fix, or came across the Night Marchers in some other research and you kind of just happened upon the show, you can probably see where we can go with this. Let me start by saying I believe in ghosts. 100% without a doubt. If I doubt the ghosts in this um, little recording studio, giant air quotes studio, it's it's really just a closet with some acoustic foam put up, I'm pretty sure I would get something thrown at me in here. One of these days I'll do an episode on all the creepy shit that has happened in this house that would be a nice easy one i wouldn't have to do a lot of research maybe if i feel like phoning it in sometime but honestly there 
pretty interesting um, stories. And if you want to hear more about stuff that I've personally experienced, check out the Men in Black episode where either I was hyper paranoid or I was actually being pursued and Men in Black stole my catalytic converter. It's all connected one way or the other. So now that we've established that I believe in ghosts and I'm going to assume... I'm not going to assume that you believe in ghosts. That's unfair. But I'm going to assume you have at least a passing interest in what I want to say if you've listened to 20 minutes of the show and haven't turned it off yet. I don't think all ghosts are the same thing. I don't think it's all the same phenomena. And what we've got here is certainly something that falls into a couple of different categories of ghost activity. I'm trying to think of, off the top of my head, I can think of, and and this is my personal opinion, and you've probably heard similar things elsewhere. I think at least off of the top of my head, there's literal spirits, and that can be just like the soul of a person that hasn't moved on, or some being from another dimension, something like that. Something that possesses an intelligence, maybe even a sentience, I think that that is in a completely different category than some other stuff where you have like orbs, which can be orbs might be just balls of some kind of residual energy. It could be some kind of magnetic field distortion on film. Oftentimes you'll see people claiming they've caught orbs on film and that's just dust in the camera lens. Ghosts are real. Not every person claiming to have seen a ghost has actually seen a ghost. And not every ghost story is real. I I feel like that goes without saying, but I I don't want to be like, I believe all ghosts. And then you have another category that is recordings is a way to put it. And I think that the Night Marchers kind of fall into this category, half in this category and half in that literal spirits with intelligence category. Recordings are things where you see a lady in Victorian dress descend the stairs at 8.59 every night, uh, like clockwork. She never deviates from her path. She never takes any notice of anything going on around her. And I think these might be some kind of spiritual impression on the wood or the stone or the building or just the region itself. And I think a lot of times you'll see this in similarity with stuff like the Night Marchers where you'll see a battalion of troops going through a Civil War battleground. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier where you have similarities between the Night Marchers and and other phenomena found the world over. So you see Civil War battalions and you see knights walking through an old battlefield in England or whatever, what have you. And that is because of the spiritual energy in that place kind of makes these projections on the world that overlay and are perceptible to our senses. I think that's kind of what's going on. But this seems different where they can look at you and they can affect you in some way. So it's kind of a hybrid between the spirit recording and spirit with sentience. And I think that's super, super interesting. Eventually, I'll go deeper into ghosts or kind of pick away at it at different episodes that actually have ghosts. I think this actually might be the first ghost episode, if I'm not mistaken. I have uh, some other requests of some ghosts in New Orleans. New Orleans? I don't know that I will cover. Maybe I'll ponder that a little bit more. 
make it more cohesive. I also wanted to dip into volcano spirits, feuds with hog gods, and the pygmy Bigfoot cousins, the Menehune, I think that's how you say it, whomst I could probably link to a larger phenomena of small Pacific hominids. Yeah, Bigfoot in the Northwest, he's not small, but he's in kind of the Pacific Northwest. The Menehune in Hawaii, and all the way over to rock apes in Vietnam, the Orang Pendak out in Sumatra, and the so-called hobbits from Flores in Indonesia. What are they hiding from us? And even if we take out the Pacific and the tropics, you have small hominids the world over. You have gnomes and elves and trolls in Scandinavia, leprechauns and fairies, the Hildefolk in Iceland, And you have, what's really interesting to me is the similarities with all of those legends and their methods when compared to modern encounters with gray aliens. So you have stuff where back in the old days, people would go into weird circles and be lost and have all this missing time, right? And people thought fairies abducted them. And then they would return to Earth and, no, and they wouldn't know what had happened to them. And they had been gone for a while. And it's like the exact same thing with alien abduction cases, which I've got a pretty good episode coming up on one of those. I keep teasing these episodes knowing full well I'm not going to get to them for like literally months. But <laughs> I'm just excited. And I think that the similarities between the fairies and alien abductions... Again, all this stuff is connected. I think it all has to do with how the brain interacts with stuff that is beyond our kind of hardwired five senses. And I think I'll eventually come up with some kind of unified theory on how all these things fit together. Let's be honest, I don't think y'all ready for that conversation yet. And personally, I don't think I'm ready for that conversation yet. Not without a couple of Long Island iced teas. That's when I really start connecting the dots and look like Charlie and Always Sunny trying to figure out where the mail goes to. This one's running a little bit longer than I actually wanted it to go, so I'm going to call it, but we'll definitely be revisiting Hawaii on the show. Literally, for the honeymoon, and uh, definitely for volcano gods, haunted hotels, Pearl Harbor, and all those other creatures I talked about a minute ago. Thanks again so much to Koa'a Nue Nue. Hopefully I said that right. And if you have something you want me to look in deeper, hit me up on any of the socials. Find those at nightmarenow.com or reach me by email at nightmarenowpodcast at gmail.com. As always, it's great to have you. I feel like I'm finally hitting my stride a little bit with the show and I don't have any plans of stopping. The last couple of episodes have kind of tried to throw in a little bit more improv and make it a little bit less scripted and more outlined. So let me know what you think of that. This one's probably the most improv by far, so we'll see how it does. I'll throw links to all the stuff I talked about and some of the stuff that I couldn't get to in the show notes for your reading leisure and pleasure. I'd say sweet dreams, but we all know it's only going to be nightmares now. Catch you next week.